Hi, this is Mike Adams. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture. Join me Monday through Friday for the latest farm and agriculture news from around the world. Informing America's farmers and ranchers, this is AOA, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. Hello, everyone, and welcome to AOA. Thank you for joining us, letting us be part of your day. We always thank you for that. We appreciate it. Busy time, harvest getting underway. Let's be careful. Let's have a safe harvest. What about uh, moving this harvest? How's the infrastructure? How do things look down in the uh, uh, that Louisiana area from Hurricane Ida, the damage done there? We'll get an update from Mike Steenhook, Executive Director of the Soy Transportation Coalition. Also look at the West coast port situation a lot of things to keep in mind as uh, farmers go to the fields and harvest this fall also we're going to look ahead to next week's husker harvest days in grand island nebraska matt youngman national events manager for farm progress will join us for a preview all that coming up on today's program but let's start it off talking with todd neely dtn reporter todd good to talk with you how's things going doing well mike thanks for letting having me on Plenty going on, that's for sure. Um, you know, I mentioned this uh, a day or so ago that it, it, at Farm Progress Show last week, I kept hearing farmers talk about their concerns over taxes and waters of the U.S., and both of those are very much in the news. Let's start with waters of the U.S. as, as the ag community making its feelings known and making their uh, views loud and clear on this, and they don't uh, want to see anything close to going back to that 2015 rule, and they're concerned that any changes in this new rule get them closer back to the one they didn't like. Yeah, Mike, you know, that's exactly right. We had a public comment period that closed on the 31st of August. Uh, EPA was looking for some, you know, kind of preliminary information from people where they stood on things, and and uh, there were a number of ad groups that came out and provided a lot of comment. Uh, a number of them had asked for an actual 60-day extension to the comment period. Uh, there's a lot of concern. You're right. Um, you know, we've got uh, a big rewrite of a rule coming up uh, that, that agriculture has been front and center on, you know, for a very long time. I mean, it dates back to before the 2015 uh, WOTUS rule. Um, and I think right now, you know, agriculture, by and large, they want to see things left the way they are currently uh, with the Trump, uh, the Trump rule. Um, and they felt like that the navigable water uh, protection rule basically provided everything that they needed, you know, a clear definition of what's uh, considered jurisdictional, jurisdictional water and what isn't. Um, and I think you're right. This is uh, we're at that same point we were, I think, back in uh, the Obama administration mm-hmm. when talk of uh, rewriting the rule. And lots and lots of concerns were raised then. And we saw what that 2015 rule ended up being. And so I think. Uh, there is some consternation that that's where exactly we're headed back to. Yeah, again, here we go again. So much of the yeah. focus around that word navigable. I mean, I mean, it just seemed always seemed common sense to me that you know some water in a field that's only there on a, you know during a rainy spell and isn't there any other time and isn't enough to take a boat down uh, most of the year. Uh, yeah. There's no way that should be the same as what most of us common sense would say, what is a navigable uh, stretch of water? You know, something that obviously you're going to take a boat or ship down, something like that. I mean, 
it, it seems like they want to go back to these splitting hairs and uh, working around right. definitions. And, and th- that was the frustrating part before when we went through all this. Yeah, absolutely, Mike. You know, one of the interesting things that came out of the 2015 rule debate, uh, when it was all said and done, I mean, there were entire states that were considered jurisdictional by EPA. Uh, one example we saw was the state of Iowa, where, uh, you know, a number of people had put out a map of which uh, which waters and which uh, areas of the state would be jurisdictional, and the entire map was covered. Um, you're right. I think the concern about, uh, you know, what's on a property, what's on a farmland, you know, a puddle, you know, a small stream that's intermittent that comes and goes, I think most people would agree uh, just in general, that those types of waters would probably have very little effect on actual navigable waters, rivers and lakes and, and those sorts of things. And so those are the things, I think that particular issue in terms of how it's going to affect land use, I think that, again, will be front and center in this whole debate. Then the other issue, as they continue to work on this, not only the infrastructure bill, but this budget resolution bill and the $3.5 trillion that goes with that, and the whole tax issue Uh, in paying for it. Um, Last week at Farm Progress, the incoming president of the National Corn Growers Association told me that's a line in the sand. I mean, if you're going to have to go changing these taxes, uh, whether stepped-up bases or whatever you want to call it, you know, transfer tax or whatever, but if they're going to mess around with those things that uh, are so important to agriculture, then as much as they want the infrastructure improvements, that's too high a price tag. So we're starting to see agriculture more and more draw that line. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we have the American Farm Bureau. I believe it was yesterday. They had wrote a letter uh, to congressional leaders talking about some of these very same issues. And one of those was, uh, you know, the death tax, uh, not just the death tax, but we're talking about, you know, a, a, an increase potentially in the, in the top tax rate from about 37% to more than 39%. And then there's some other things like small business deductions uh, that might be eliminated. And uh, one of the concerns raised about that is that most farms and ranches are eligible for a lot of those deductions. Uh, so, yeah, it, it feels like, uh, you know, agriculture again, here we go. You know, the voices are really stepping up. People are really saying, hey, stop, you know, let's let's get this right if we're going to do something. Uh, right now, that doesn't look so good. Um, a lot of those things remain on the table in this entire reconciliation plan. And so it's uh, it's definitely a concerning time. Yeah, if they're going to continue to push through these multi-trillion dollar spending packages, you know they've got to be paid for some way. And uh, it looks like uh, the, the changes in those tax uh, rules might be the way they're going to do it, and that could have a very negative impact on agriculture in rural America. We will see how that plays out. The other issue we're watching, and we know that the EPA – wants uh, to relook at some of the past SRE, small refinery exemptions that they have granted. Didn't say, though, that they wanted to vacate them, just that they wanted to look at them. Uh, this is raising some concerns with the biofuels community. Yeah, Mike, we had a we had a court action, a court motion filed yesterday in the D.C. Circuit um, by a number of ag and biofuels groups. They want EPA to actually be uh, held to some deadlines. If they're going to review the 31 exemptions that were issued in 2018 uh, these groups they want to see not only a deadline but they want to have those actions actually vacated so that uh, there's no called there's no uh, no more damage to the to the ag industry we're talking about 
more than a billion gallons of biofuels uh, demand that was eliminated by just those 31 exemptions. And so we're talking hundreds of millions of dollars in income and those sorts of things that were lost. Um, and so, yeah, this again, uh, you know, while it's good to see EPA uh, taking a look at this, I, I do think that, uh, you know, the, probably the court needs to maybe set some sort of a deadline because there's a lot of things that are still out there, a lot of uncertainties for, for agriculture. Seems like we keep fighting some of these battles over and over again. Todd, good to talk with you. Thank yes. you so much. Yeah, thank you, Mike. DTN reporter Todd Neely. Up next, how's the uh, transportation system set for this harvest season, especially with the damage down in the Gulf from uh, Hurricane Ida? We'll get an update from Mike Steenhook, Executive Director of the Soy Transportation Coalition, next on AOA. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Don't go away. More Adams on Agriculture coming right up. Progressive Farmer knows you need content delivered on multiple platforms, so it's available when you want it. That's why we created our weekly podcast, Field Posts, to bring you convenient and easy-to-listen-to interviews on key topics and trends. Join me, Sarah Mock, as I interview some of agriculture's best thoughts. You'll have a front-row seat to learn what's happening in agriculture today. You can view our library of podcasts and upcoming topics by going to dtnpf.com backslash field posts. Heading to Husker Harvest Days in Grand Island, Nebraska this year? Be sure to stop by the Syngenta booth to talk with local agronomists and product experts. Then walk across the aisle and visit the Syngenta Square to relax and enjoy a cold beverage. Mike Adams of Adams on Agriculture will be broadcasting live all three days from Syngenta booth 1106. Stop by to watch the show live at 9 a.m. That's booth 1106 at 9 a.m. We look forward to seeing you in Grand Island at Husker Harvest Days. These acres you've put your life into, your view each harvest morning. While the ag industry changes, this land is meant to be here for your grandkids and then theirs. That's why ADS and drainage contractors across the nation are doing our part to protect America's farm families. We're proud to provide water management solutions that make family farms like yours more profitable, now and for generations to come. Learn more about how we keep families farming at ADSPipe.com. Join us every Tuesday for Around the Table, brought to you by CHS, as we examine how the modern cooperative system solves today's biggest challenges. We'll be talking to CHS experts and farmers and ranchers just like you, and we'll learn how cooperatives apply innovation and technology to help co-op owners get more value every day. So join us for Around the Table every Tuesday, or visit cooperativeownership.com to learn more. 54. So, basically, it's too late to start saving for retirement, right? Not right. Starting to save, even in your 50s, can really make a difference. Well, right now, saving seems hard to wrap my head around. Plus, with the way this year's been going... (laughs) Hey, listen. It's okay. You still got this. Just go to aceyourretirement.org. It's an online tool from AARP that can help you get your retirement savings on track, no matter your age. It's free and only takes about three minutes. I like three minutes. Yeah. At aceyourretirement.org, you'll chat with Avo, the friendly digital retirement coach. Just answer a few questions and you'll get a personalized plan and tips to help boost your retirement savings. 
Tips that are easy to understand and tailored to your lifestyle. I like that too. Plus, it's sponsored by AARP, so you know they got your back. Just head to aceyourretirement.org and make your plan to start saving for retirement. Thanks. That's aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. You're listening to AOA Adams on Agriculture. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You can rely on us for the latest farm and ranch news from around the world. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know on AOA. Now, back to Mike Adams. And we're joined by Mike Steenhook, Executive Director of the Soy Transportation Coalition. Mike, good to talk with you again. So what's the latest you're hearing out of the Gulf in the, their repair efforts and recovery efforts from Hurricane Ida? Well, there's, fortunately, there's been some good news as of late. Um, you know, one of the big obvious takeaways from Hurricane Ida was how pervasive and extreme the the power outage was to that vicinity. You know, you've got this electrical grid that that you know, provides electricity for like 15 states in the vicinity, and then there's eight transmission lines that feed into southern Louisiana, and all eight of those transmission lines sustained major damage. So this was not just a a, a simple matter of of restoring power to neighborhoods. Uh, this was a a pretty seismic effort and fortunately power is getting restored to to the areas and and we you know by the end of this week most of the area will have power restored there will be some some areas outlying areas that will another be another week or two uh, but that's good news um, the Coast Guard has lifted uh, vessel the vessel restriction that it that it imposed prior to Hurricane Ida's arrival so um, barge traffic and ocean traffic is able to resume the big obstacle for that um, that they needed to address was a down transmission line that was just basically submerged in the mississippi river and obviously you can't have a power line in the river and still have vessel traffic and so that was cleared this past weekend and so now vessel traffic is is able to 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 be restored which is obviously that's good news the thing that we're really keeping our eyes on is there's a, a particular facility. Now, most of the there's 14 export terminals down in the area, and most of them escaped any kind of significant damage. But there is one in particular, a Cargill facility that's about 30 miles northwest of New Orleans, that did sustain some pretty significant damage to its conveyor loading system that that's used for loading ocean vessels. And you know, anytime you have one of those facilities sig- incur significant damage. And then you've got the harvest season that eventually comes online. You know, clearly our, our export capacity in the area will not be operating on all cylinders. So that's something that, that I and others will definitely be keeping our eyes on as we proceed, particularly as harvest season comes online and our, our key export window uh, becomes more pronounced. What can you tell us about damaged barges? There, there was you know, a, a pretty significant number of them that you know you have all these barges that are uh, the term is moored or or staged in the in the area. Some of them are empty, some of them are filled, full of of grain or soybeans or what have you. And you know when you have that kind of significant storm surge, 150 mile an hour sustained winds, a lot of those barges did come unmoored, 
and there was there has been some shoreline damage. Um, some of them have run into to bridges, and that's obviously been a, a concern. But some of them, you know, when they're submerged, you know, one of the first things you have to do, you know, with the, the U.S. Coast Guard is assess to what extent is that limiting navigation. So you, you can't just have these barges submerged underwater um, and still have vessel traffic allowed to proceed. You have to assess that first. And so they they did determine that you can have vessel traffic. They're limiting the number of barges that you can all assemble in one flotilla or tow because you can't have them as wide as normal because of some of these channel restrictions. So, um, yeah, obviously that's been a concern. But, you know, fortunately we're, we're starting to turn the page more and more. You know, the big question for us is, you know, we're still in the midst of hurricane season. And when you start getting into October – uh, we can easily export three to five times the volume then that we do now. This is not our key export window, but obviously when Harvest comes online, that's when it, our export program really picks up. And it would be real, clearly detrimental to our industry if you had a Hurricane Ida arrive at that time of the year. Something to keep an eye on for sure. We're talking with Mike Steenhook, Executive Director of the Soy Transportation Coalition. Um, some good news out of this. The, the levy and pumping systems around New Orleans seem to seem to hold up and work okay. And, and that's, that was very much a, a silver lining. And, you know, after, you know, people had been talking about the need to improve that system prior to Hurricane Katrina, and then all of a sudden you had the catastrophe of Katrina 16 years ago in 2005. And then that really stimulated this kind of investment that needed to be made a long time ago. Uh, but fortunately, that investment was made, $14 billion that went into uh, enhancing and fortifying those levees in the New Orleans area with the, the pumping apparatus that it can, that can able to clear water. And so now that Hurricane Ida arrived, which was a very violent storm, it, it did that the actual city, that levy system did protect the city. Uh, you certainly had the power outages, but that's a different subject. But, you, but as far as like flooding, inundating the city, that levy system did hold. And it really is a reminder. Um, it's something that should guide our thinking and our behavior when we when we do a when we enhance and maintain our transportation system is the time to make these investments is before the catastrophe, not after the catastrophe. Mm-hmm. And so, as we move forward with you know in developing this transportation strategy for our country, that mentality must be preeminent. And this uh, this lesson with Hurricane Ida really fortified it fortified that truth. All right, let's switch to the West Coast. We still have the port backup. What's the latest there? It, it, it's continuing, and, you know, we've got, you know, the, the holiday shopping season that uh, where retailers, you know, typically you see this big infusion of cargo uh, in order to build their inventories for the holiday season. That's occurring. Um, and, you know, there still is a lot of traffic that's moving on our, throughout our whole supply chain. A lot of people still buying things. That's really stimulated manufacturing activity, and as a result of that, it stimulates transportation. And you know, we're we're seeing it impact really every mode of transportation. Obviously, the West Coast is a is a prominent example, but you're seeing it with with trucking capacity, with rail capacity, 
space on ships, container availability, space at ports. It's really, you're seeing it uh, manifest itself. And it's not just impacting agriculture. You know, we're seeing a lot of, lot of news lately about the chip shortage. And as a result, mm-hmm. it's resulting in automobile manufacturing being, being dialed back because we can't, can't secure a needed supply of chips. So, you know, when you look at retail, automotive, agriculture, all of the industries are being impacted by this. And with harvest season kicking off, what about rail car availability? Well, that's, that's you know, rail car availability, that's, uh, that's in pretty well positioned. It's, you know, some of the, the locomotive power. It can be um, staff levels. Um, you know, you're seeing this staff shortage really manifests itself in in all industries you know the, the the most you know conceptual example that we experience is like like at restaurants and retailers but you know you're seeing it you know in the whole supply chain as well um rail trucking um maritime transportation so i wish this was something that could get resolved in the immediate future but i think this is going to going to linger uh, well into 2022 that's Obviously not the answer I would like and others would like, but that's really what the forecast is. So, you know, that's something that we're clearly going to have to manage and deal with uh, for the weeks and months to come. So do you see some uh, real challenges, issues as as harvest really gets going and, and moving grain? It, it, it certainly is possible. Um, you know, we're, our, our problems with when we ship bulk product is not as pronounced as containers. Um, but, you know, what we've seen recently is, you know, like in China, you can have one worker at one of these key ports that will have, will be diagnosed with COVID. And then all of a sudden that results in a significant shutdown of that port. And then all of a sudden vessels queue up and, and you know, the throughput gets impacted. And that, that impacts a lot of industries. And so, it really, it is, you know, our supply chain is very much under stress right now. And um, and so there's not a lot of wiggle room. So, you know, it, it's something that I anticipate, unfortunately, is going to be popping up, you know, here and there for the, for the foreseeable future. Yeah, big story to watch uh, going through this harvest season for sure. Mike, good to talk with you. Thank you for the update. Thank you, Mike. Always good to be with you. Mike Steenhook, Executive Director of the Soy Transportation Coalition. All right, up next, we will look back and kind of review Farm Progress Show last week and look ahead and preview Husker Harvest Days next week. We'll talk with Matt Youngman, National Events Manager for Farm Progress, next on AOA. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Don't go away. More Adams on Agriculture coming right up. Heading to Husker Harvest Days in Grand Island, Nebraska this year? Be sure to stop by the Syngenta booth to talk with local agronomists and product experts. Then walk across the aisle and visit the Syngenta Square to relax and enjoy a cold beverage. Mike Adams of Adams on Agriculture will be broadcasting live all three days from Syngenta booth 1106. Stop by to watch the show live at 9 a.m. That's booth 1106 at 9 a.m. We look forward to seeing you in Grand Island at Husker Harvest Days. These acres you've put your life into, 
your view each harvest morning. While the ag industry changes, this land is meant to be here for your grandkids and then theirs. That's why ADS and drainage contractors across the nation are doing our part to protect America's farm families. We're proud to provide water management solutions that make family farms like yours more profitable now and for generations to come. Learn more about how we keep families farming at ADSPipe.com. You're listening to AOA. I'm Kirsten Rawl. Export sales saw the impact of Hurricane Ida Tuesday. Last week's crop market shipments were about half of the prior week's volume and only about 43% of the 10-week average volume. Soybean inspections were the worst week in seven years. The positive news coming out of New Orleans is that the Mississippi River was reopened to barge traffic. However, most export terminals remain without power. On the Board of Trade, we saw some early morning strength. Now we are trading mostly in the red. On the Board of Trade, December corn trading three quarters of a cent higher at 5.11 and a half cent. The March contract up three quarters at 5.21 and a fraction. For soybeans, the November contract down two and three quarters at 12.74 and a fraction. The January contract down three and a fraction at 12.84. For wheat, Chicago wheat December down seven and a fraction at 7.12 and a half cent. Kansas City wheat December down a dime at 7.07 and a half cent. Minneapolis spring wheat December down 13 and a half cent at 8. 94 and three quarters. The March contract down 14 at 8.82 and a half cent. Commodities fell in general on Tuesday as traders came back from the extended weekend, seeing overall bearish news. The increase of COVID cases might hinder beef demand to some extent, as some slowing of restaurant activity may surface. However, this may be offset by retail demand. Looking at the futures on the Board of Trade, the October live cattle contract trading 40 cents higher at 124.12. The December contract up a dime at 129.60. For feeder cattle, September up 72 at $157 even. The October contract up 30 at 160.35. Looking at lean hogs, the October contract $1.05 higher at 89.15. December up 77 at 81.55. In the outside markets, the Dow is up 38 points. The NASDAQ composite down 48. The S&P 500 up 1. The U.S. dollar index is trending higher. You're listening to AOA. I'm Kirsten Ross. I'll take dig a little, learn a lot for 30 bushels. Soft and crumbly. Tom. How does healthy soil feel to the touch? Correct. Dig a little for 40 bushels. Sweet and earthy. Tom. What does healthy soil smell like? Yes, go again. Dig a little for 50 bushels. Dark, porous, and alive. Tom. What does healthy soil look like? You win. Understanding the basics and benefits of healthy soil can make your farm a winner, too, through lower input costs, better yields, and drought protection, which can lead to a healthier bottom line for your business. Contact your local Natural Resources Conservation Service office today to find out how you can unlock the secrets in your soil. This message brought to you by USDA's Natural Resources Conservation Service and this radio station. Hi, this is Mike Adams. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture. Join me Monday through Friday for the latest farm and agriculture news from around the world. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know on AOA. Now, back to Mike Adams. All right, time for our Husker Harvest Day's 
preview brought to you by Syngenta. Our guest is Matt Youngman, National Events Manager for Farm Progress. And before we look ahead, Matt, to next week's Husker Harvest Days in Grand Island, Nebraska, let's look back one more time. Last week, Farm Progress Show in Decatur, ideal weather, and a very successful show. Yeah, I would I would agree completely. And you, you kind of you get that evaluation it's kind of built around a lot of different things. It's what the what the growers are saying and what the exhibitors are saying, the vendors and, you know, the, the, the transactions that occurred and, and those kinds of things. And, you know, I, I got out to Husker uh, earlier this week, and you start seeing the exhibitors that made the same trip I did. They did Farm Progress Show, and then they're out here setting up Husker Harvest Days. And, and the conversations that I'm having with them, is, you know, stack up with everything that you said, that, that they had a good show. Um, they were, you know, most of all, they were just glad to be back together and have an event and, and have the industry get together. Um, and it, so it was, it was very successful and, and, you know, it, it just seems like when we have a good farm progress show, it rolls over to a good Husker harvest day, the weather patterns kind of look similar and, and it, you know, so everything is in everything, everything is looking up for, for next week. Yeah, I've been checking that forecast for Grand Island. It does look favorable at this point for next Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday for Husker Harvest Days. You mentioned uh, the exhibitors that moved from Farm Progress to Husker, one of those being Syngenta. I broadcast last week from the Syngenta tent all three days, and I'll broadcast from the Syngenta tent all three days next week. But uh, even though the exhibit field looks different, more irrigation equipment and more on the livestock side at Husker than at Farm Progress, there are several exhibitors that do uh, go to both, right? Yep, yep. You've got, uh, you know, your cornerstone, cornerstone corporate exhibits, the big ones, you know, you have your uh, the the folks from Case IH are, are already here setting up, and John Deere and Agco and New Holland. There, everything's everything's rolling in, and it's it's kind of like all the conversations we had through the summer and leading up to the show. Where right now we're at that point where the the infrastructure is pretty much there. The tents are up, and the the electricians are finishing up. The landscapers are working hard, and it's the beginning of the exhibitors rolling in and starting to put the displays, actually put the pieces in place, whether it's display components or pieces of equipment uh and i actually as we sit here on the phone look, looking out the window of the show office i just saw the first pressure washers come in so that's that's the next logical step in this once once they get things in place for good the, the pressure washers will come in and make it look shiny and while some people may go to both shows uh as far as just uh show attendees you're drawing from a, a different geography really for husker right you'll reach out to some folks who are on the uh, out in the western part of the country and have a pretty uh, big draw a multi-state draw for this show as well yeah there'll be a lot of there'll be a lot of folks here that don't that don't grow any any crop and if they do grow a crop they're chopping it for silage and and they're feeding it at, at their feed lot so you don't have to go too far west from here and the pivots go away and you get into to cow calf country and 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 you know when you're in when you're in Grand Island, Nebraska, and, and you know the good majority of of our visitor base comes from a three or four hour drive time around Grand Island, Nebraska, just like when we're in Decatur, Illinois, uh, you know the 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 big majority of the folks walking the streets drove in that morning, and so there are three or four hour drive time circle around the show site. Well, the the circle around Grand Island for, from an agriculture standpoint looks a lot different, which is why you know the 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 four major pivot companies 
they have the biggest displays they put on anywhere here at Husker Harvest Days because this is the wheelhouse for irrigated row crop uh, row crop production. And and so the, the, the show reflects whether you're talking about Farm Progress Show or Sunbelt Ag Expo or New York Farm Show, whatever you're talking about, the, the, the show reflects the local agriculture. And, and you know, the, the folks that, that you and I talked to back in, you know, in, in Illinois or Iowa or something, if, if, if they, I tell them if they have anything to do with beef or anything to do with, with irrigation, Husker Harvest Days needs to be on their bucket list because it's, it's, a, it's, it's quite a show. And you can tell that it's managed by the same the same outfit because of the way it lays out and, and, and a lot of those things, but, but it's certainly different when you look at that exhibitor base. Now, what about uh, field demonstrations? What will you have uh, as far as uh, field work going on at Husker? So we have, we have everything that, that Farm Progress Show visitors would be used to, plus some stuff. So we have the corn harvesting, we have the tillage, we have a dedicated area for strip till, uh, here at Husker, we're adding the dedicated area for uh, autonomy. Uh, Raven's going to have both platforms running, and Rantizo's going to have the drones running, seeding cover crop and showing spring water so they can show how they can apply crop protection. And then in addition to all of that, we have a huge cattle handling demonstration, and we dedicate an hour to hay tools. So we've got mowers and rakes and tethers and balers, and, and, and we run all of that. And at the end of that, we run corn stalk bailing demonstrations as well. So it's, you know, it, it's, it's, there's a lot more going on out in the field and you're kind of going bang, 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 bang from one thing to the next out there in those field demonstrations. So it's, it's, it's about as interactive and, and, and exciting out there in the fields as it is inside the show site. And as you have told us before, you've made significant improvements to the uh, show site itself. A lot of infrastructure improvements. Yeah, the, the show site, the show was 40 years old in 2017. So for the 2018 show, we were able to show off a $6 million investment that we made. And it's kind of like a remodeling job. You know, we had to leave, we had to leave all the streets in place where they were, but we just made the improvements in place and tried to build a new show site on top of an existing one, which was its own set of challenges. But now it has. Um, it has the six inches of concrete on all the streets. It has storm sewer drainage perimeter fence, better infrastructure, all new infrastructure for electricity. You know, if you, if you think of, uh, of living in a 40-year-old house, if you never made any improvements, you would, you would be pretty miserable to, to keep all your electrical devices running and everything. So really did a major upgrade on the electrical distribution, which allows the exhibitors to put on the show that they want to put on. Before this, they were putting on the show that they could power based on the, 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 the small amount of electrical distribution we had. Well, that's that's not a problem anymore because we've got a nice backbone of electrical distribution, internet. Um, it's uh, it's probably the best outdoor exhibit uh, exhibit facility in the country, if not the world, in terms of the infrastructure in place. Now, I know there's a big event coming up on Tuesday, the opening day. Uh, tell us about that. Yeah, we're really excited. That was uh, something that came together kind of at the last minute. Um, governor P. Ricketts, the governor of Nebraska, um, he's doing. Uh, he's he's he wanted to do an ag technology summit, and he he he's elected to host it here at Husker Harvest Day. So from one o'clock to four o'clock on Tuesday, he's gonna he's gonna say a few words. But but really, what he's doing is he's um, he's bringing in experts to talk 
on different subjects. It's, he's, he's got three subjects. He's got agronomic technology where, where we're talking about we have speakers from a lot of the big seed companies uh, plus one of the irrigation companies. And then Next Generation Equipment has um, executives from several of the big exhibitors, John Deere, Case, Kloss, as well as Lindsay, one of the irrigation companies. And then the third category is bioeconomy advancements. And that is, that's got the corn refiners and, and Cargill and NatureWorks, the CEO of NatureWorks speaking. And so it's, it's really kind of a, it's its own freestanding summit within the bounds of Husker Harvest Day. There, there isn't any additional charge. Uh, it, it's just, it's just part of the show. Um, you know, we had a, we had a partnership with AGI. They had a building that we could use to host this thing. So it's going to be a really comfortable setting for the governor to, you know, to really promote not, not just Nebraska agriculture, but generally promote agriculture where it is today and maybe start to get a glimpse from some of these speakers of, of what it might look like down the road. And, and he's part of the food and farm. Um, uh, he's part of a, a, a group of governors that have an organization called Food and Farm. And this is kind of one of the out, outcomes of, of that organization. And utilizing Husker Harvest Days is a, is a real honor for us that the governor is going to do this versus somewhere else. And so we're we're proud to have it and, and really excited uh, about this summit occurring during Husker Harvest Days. And it's, it's Tuesday, again, it's Tuesday from 1 to 4, the first day of the show. And, um, you know, I think it's something that you're going to want to put on your bucket list because the, the list of speakers is pretty impressive. When you drove from your home in western Illinois out to Grand Island, did you uh, see much harvesting get underway yet, or how did things look? I saw I saw the beginnings of seed corn and I saw some silage being chopped, but I didn't see any number two yellow being harvested. A lot of as I drove across eighty, there's a lot of bean fields that have got that yellow look to them, um, but but nothing. It, it doesn't look like things are underway, which is a good sign for Husker Harvest Day. Sometimes when we're when we're fourteenth, fifteenth, sixteenth of September, like we are this year, uh, you know, you start that harvest is just right around the corner and. You know, our even our 99-day corn here at the show site that we're going to start picking off, we're going to start peeling off Endros Friday, it's it's probably going to be in the high 20s. So I think the farmers generally aren't quite going to be in the field yet, so they're going to have the opportunity to come to the show. We're talking with Matt Youngman, National Events Manager for Farm Progress, looking ahead to next week's Husker Harvest Days, next Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, in Grand Island, Nebraska. I'll be there all three days broadcasting from the Syngenta Tent. We'll take a break and come back. We will get more uh, information to get you ready for Husker Harvest Days next week uh, as we look ahead to that big show. And also want to remind you that... Um, as I said, I'll be broadcasting from the Syngenta Tent and hope that you will stop by if you are going to be in the show. Love to talk with you. Enjoyed talking with a lot of folks last week in Decatur, Illinois. Look forward to talking with more next week in Grand Island, Nebraska. Our Husker Harvest Preview is brought to you by Syngenta. Back to wrap things up right after this. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Don't go away. More Adams on Agriculture coming right up. As an organ donor, your story doesn't have to end. A good in you can live on. In fact, you could save up to eight lives with your gifts. Your heart could keep beating. 
your kidneys could keep filtering, and your intestines could keep on digesting for others. And that's not all. You can improve the lives of 50 more people as an eye and tissue donor, restoring sight and health. And you're not just helping out the person receiving the transplant. You're touching whole families with your life-saving gift. Register in minutes. Just go to organdonor.gov. You'll be happy you did. And just maybe, someone else will be happy too. Sign up today. Go to organdonor.gov. It saves lives. U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. Through the years, you've really kept up with the times. You're on social media. Like, like, dislike, block. Maintained your health. 10,000 steps. I'm a beast. You even programmed your own smart home. In 10 minutes, remind me that I'm a genius. In 10 minutes, I'll remind you that you're a genius. If you can do all that, you can definitely save for retirement. Just go to aceyourretirement.org, a free online tool sponsored by AARP that can help you get on track with your retirement savings no matter your age. At aceyourretirement.org, you'll meet Avo, the friendly digital retirement coach, and in just three minutes, get personalized recommendations to help boost your retirement savings. They're easy to understand and work with your lifestyle. It's quick, easy, and free. Plus, it's brought to you by AARP, so you know they got your back. You are a genius. Take charge of your retirement. Go to aceyourretirement.org now. That's aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. Each and every day, DTN and Progressive Farmer editors are posting unique, original content to their website at DTNPF.com, bringing you the latest news and information you need for your day-to-day business decisions. Their award-winning newsroom covers markets, news, and weather, while also providing insights on crops, cattle, equipment technology, and more. You'll find innovative topics like, would you plant soybeans in December? Experiments look at the possibility of boosting yields with early planting. Want to save time? Learn how through autonomous machinery systems. Will there be a surge in feed prices in 2021? And what's today's weather forecast for my farm? The editors of DTN and Progressive Farmer are committed to delivering the essential intelligence farmers need every day to help your farm business be more efficient and profitable. Visit DTNPF.com today. Heading to Husker Harvest Days in Grand Island, Nebraska this year? Be sure to stop by the Syngenta booth to talk with local agronomists and product experts. Then walk across the aisle and visit the Syngenta Square to relax and enjoy a cold beverage. Mike Adams of Adams on Agriculture will be broadcasting live all three days from Syngenta booth 1106. Stop by to watch the show live at 9 a.m. That's booth 1106 at 9 a.m. We look forward to seeing you in Grand Island at Husker Harvest Days. On-road or off-road, you'll find the FS lubricant you need from our full line of premium quality products. At FS, our lubricants use the highest quality base oils and latest additive technology to meet and exceed most manufacturer specifications. Advanced protection against wear ensures you'll get maximum value from both your lubricant and equipment investments. Squeeze every bit of performance out of every piece of equipment you own. Let the FS energy specialists help you go further. Go further with FS. Visit GoFurtherWithFS.com for more information. These acres you've put your life into, your view each harvest morning. While the ag industry changes, this land is meant to be here for your grandkids and then theirs. 
That's why ADS and drainage contractors across the nation are doing our part to protect America's farm families. We're proud to provide water management solutions that make family farms like yours more profitable, now and for generations to come. Learn more about how we keep families farming at ADSPipe.com. Informing America's farmers and ranchers. That's our goal at AOA. Each weekday, you get an hour of the latest takes from people who know agriculture, the policymakers, and the people who have the inside scoop on what's happening behind closed doors. People who have their finger on the pulse of Washington and agriculture around the world. AOA is your daily source for all the information you need to stay in the know. Informing America's farmers and ranchers. AOA. You're listening to AOA Adams on Agriculture. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You can rely on us for the latest farm and ranch news from around the world. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know on AOA. Now, back to Mike Adams. And welcome back. Our Husker Harvest Days preview brought to you by Syngenta. Husker Harvest Days next Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Grand Island, Nebraska. Back with us, Matt Youngman, National Events Manager for Farm Progress. All right, Matt, we have to ask again after uh, all we've been through with COVID and uh, all kinds of questions about masking and restrictions. Do you, What's the policy for next week? So um, things are a little bit more... Uh, there are no mandates in the state of Nebraska like there were in, in Illinois. And I think that even the visitors to Farm Progress show would tell you that, that, that you really didn't see many masks as you walked around the show. Inside some specific tents, yes, but, but on the whole, uh, there were not a lot of masks. And, and, and I don't anticipate at Husker Harvest Day that you're probably going to see many masks at all. I, I have been here for a few days now and and you know there's just not any kind of mandate or anything there there are a couple of stores that when you go inside the stores they want you to wear them but um i don't anticipate uh even as many as we saw at farm progress show which which was very few so um you know as it stands right now uh they just finished their nebraska state fair and, you, and, and apparently according to the reports i'm hearing you didn't see many masks there either so uh, everything looks to be, I mean, it, it's coming together and it's looking like a normal Husker harvest days. Uh, and, and I, I don't think that the COVID restrictions, if, if, if somebody's feeling well and, 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 and they want to come to the show, I would think that that would be reasonable. But again, if you're not feeling well, or, you know, you shouldn't be going out, then you shouldn't be coming to Husker harvest days. And, and, and you know, everybody ought to do that kind of self check uh, before they jump in the truck and head this way. All right. What about uh, times and admission policies, things like that? Yeah. So uh, it's fifteen dollars at the gate. Uh, you can buy your you can buy your advance tickets for ten dollars online, and that's a new that's a new program for Husker Harvest Days because of the infrastructure upgrades. We're able to do online tickets now. Uh, show opens at, at eight every day, closes at five on Tuesday and Wednesday, closes at four on Thursday. Uh, and there's, you know, there's just a lot of things going on throughout the day. I kind of grabbed the schedule of events and then barked off a few things that I wanted to mention. You know, we have, we have herding dog demonstrations right there by the main gate, which is always, always well attended. Everybody loves to see those, those border collies working, working livestock. And I mentioned the cattle handling demonstrations, but those, those are excellent. You know, probably some of the best cattle handling demonstrations you're going to see with several head shoots in the demo. 
in between the two cattle handling demonstrations, we'll have presentations going on from three different experts uh, about the beef business and nutrition and marketing and the uh, changing trends and for consumers for beef, a lot of a lot of good information going on up there at the Livestock Industries building. Another thing that's unique about Husker Harvest Days is the uh, the fact that we have an on-site grain drying facility. So we're not just putting corn into a truck and, 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 and the corn leaves. It stays right here, runs through the drying facility, so you can get up close and personal with a brand new drying system. Uh, AGI has put in, they put that in, uh, in 2019, I think, is when they made the last upgrade to that. So that, coupled with the fun that you're going to have at the Syngenta Beer Garden um, and wild horse gentling, and, you know, there's just a there's, – there's more than a day's worth of fun to have here uh, without any question. When people that have never been to Husker but have been to Farm Progress ask me, how do you compare the two, I say – they're alike, but they're different. <laughs> I mean, the setup is very yeah. similar, would look familiar to people that have been to Farm Progress, but the feel is different. I think the pace is different. Certainly, the emphasis on a different segment of agriculture, as we've talked about. So it's similar, but different. It, it is, and, and it's, it's, a little, it's a little calmer. Uh, it's, it's, it's a little more, um, you know, it's, it's just a little bit more relaxed. Uh, you, you won't see quite as many international, you won't see groups of international visitors like you would at Farm Progress Show. You will see genuine cowboys with wearing cowboy boots and spurs and hats. And I mean, it is, there are a lot of this crowd, they make their money um, raising livestock, raising beef, whether it's a feedlot or it's a big cow-calf operation. Uh, but, you know, it's, that's, that's what the show is built for is for the, the agriculture of the area. And, you know, we draw from, from the Dakotas and, and Colorado and, and real well from Kansas. Uh, so there's a lot of wheat growers here. Um, it, it's just a, it, it's a, it's a really great crowd. Um, and they're, they're darn tough. I'll tell you, Mike, in, in some weather I've seen, they just, they just stick it out better than, than I sure want to. They're, they're a tough bunch. For sure, and hopefully, as we said earlier, the weather will hold and, and be good for next week as well. So final preparations. I've seen some pictures. It looks like a lot's already done there on the show side or getting done. So uh, weather cooperating, so that should be a pretty smooth setup, it looks like. Yeah, we're, we're excited about, about the weather forecast. Um, you know, it, it, this place, better than any, can take weather. And um, even if we were to get some rain, we're going into it with, things are fairly dry here so we can take quite a bit of rain and, and not have to worry about it so if if the forecast ends up anything like what it looks like it is we're going to be in great shape for three great weather days and uh maybe a little bit of dust control here and there but we'll probably happily take that um and it, the ground here takes it really well uh you know a rain that would stop demos at farm progress show we will we will still have demos out here at husker harvest day so it's uh Pretty exciting all the way around. You're right. Everything is is, is coming together. Uh, the, the show site looks good. You know, you judge it from here at the corner of the show where the show office is. You judge it by standing out on the back deck and seeing how many places you can see through the show site. And, <laughs> and slowly but surely, it's getting plugged up and, and you can't see through it anymore. So so that's a, that's a good sign uh, just a little under a week out from opening day. Very good, Matt. We'll see you next week. Look forward to it, Mike. Thank you. All right, take care. That's Matt Youngman, National Events Manager for Farm Progress. Our 
Husker Harvest Days preview brought to you by Syngenta. And again, I'll be at Husker all three days next week, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, broadcasting from the Syngenta tent. Matt will be joining us each day to give us updates on how things are going at the show and any uh, reminders of uh, things coming that'll be going on that there may be or last-second changes or anything like that, he'll keep us updated. And we'll talk with a lot of folks uh, on ag issues, get a look at Nebraska agriculture and uh, a lot of different things next week. So that's Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday of next week. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day, everyone. Thanks for listening to AOA. Hi, this is Mike Adams. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture. Join me Monday through Friday for the latest farm and agriculture news from around the world.